My name is Pastor Peter Gedaka. I serve as a pastor in Higher Ground Prince Chapel. We want to welcome you for this program. It's a Bible study that we do weekly. And the mode of Bible study that we do is whereby we pick a scripture, we go through the, the chapters and pick verses and delve into those verses and trust God to be able to understand the revelation contained in that one verse. We don't do every verse and that's what we would love to do. But because of time, we pick verse by verse. Isaiah called it line upon line, precept upon precept. Here are it true, there are it true. That is that mode of Bible study. And therefore, if you are new and this is your first time, we want to welcome you and let you know that you are welcome. You feel at home in Jesus as we go through the 30 minutes of our program. I will ask you to look for a Bible, look for a pen, look for a book that you can write on because there are some verses we just quote other than leading them through so that once we are done with the program, you can check those verses on your own to see how they fit in and line up with the passage we went through. Also, there are things maybe you'd want to note as we go through, some things that you'd like to refer to back, some things you'd like to check later, all those possibly, that's why you need a notebook and a pen. Otherwise, we are glad to have you with us and I believe you'll be blessed. Let's go direct to the book. We are starting off this morning, the book of Galatian. And we start off with chapter 1, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I will repeat that verse. I'm using King James, but sometimes for the sake of clarity will be, leading or using a different version. It says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Bonus, if you will. That is quite something. The word apostle referred to the fact of sending someone on a mission to represent the setup. It was used of a messenger. In our case today, it would be maybe like an ambassador. This is not just any other messenger. You don't just pick, you don't pick someone out there and set them for water and call them an apostle. <laughs> no, but this is someone who is fitted and you know you can trust them and they know you and they understand you and therefore when you set them, it's like you have you yourself have already gone there because the message they take there is the same message you would have had or you would have taken if it were yourself. And it was important that Paul defend his apostleship. For if the false teachers called the Judaizers could have discredited his apostleship, they would have also discredited the message he was preaching. And therefore, in the very first verse, you see Paul establishing his apostleship as the authority from which he spoke. And that's why he makes this emphasis. An apostle, not of men, neither by man. That is very important. The point Paul was making is that his calling was divine. 
he didn't call himself, nor did any other person or group, God himself called Paul to his ministry. And therefore, those who resisted Paul were resisting God who sent Paul. And I think Jesus made the same thing. And where Jesus said that if you reject me, you reject the one who sent me. And that's what the same concept Paul is using here. Paul was saying these things to prepare the Galatians so that they would not take what he was about to say lightly. He was going to be very blunt with them to the point that they could have been been offended very easily. Galatians chapter 4 verse 16. But Paul wanted them to know that he was picking God's heart, not just his own heart. Hopefully, this would cause them to think twice before dismissing Paul's rebukes. This was what he wanted for the Galatians and why his trust and his instructions in this letter were from God and not from man. Verse 2 says, And all the brethren which are with me and to the churches of Galatians. Maybe we read the two verses together so that it should be able to make sense. Paul the apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, verse 2, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Unto the churches of Galatia. I want us to notice that Paul used the plural churches here churches, all the churches. In addressing the Galatians, this was a circular letter that went not only to one city, but rather to a legion. There were four major cities in this area. One is Pisidian, Antioch in Pisidia. This is in Pisidia at one time, but incorporated into Galatia. That is Acts 13, 14. There was Iconium, Iconium in Acts 13.51. There was Restra, Lestra, Restra in Lycania at one time incorporated also in Galatia. Acts 14.16, 14.6 and Debes. Acts 14.6 again. Bonus if you will. Let's look at verse 3. And verse 3 pauses and grace be to you and peace from God the Father from our Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost amusing that within Paul's salutation, he said, grace be to you from God. He was lighting this letter because the Galatians themselves, they had fallen away from the principles of grace. Galatians 5.4. He was stating within his greetings that the source of grace is God. So, where is legalism? Not from God. It's obviously from the devil. And therefore he makes this emphasis. Glaze be to you from God. Glaze be to you from God. God is the source of grace. So anything else apart from grace, it's not coming from God. That's the point he's making. As much as he's also extending his greetings to them. Notice that grace is from God the Father. Matthew 6, 9. And from our Lord Jesus Christ, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. True peace 
that comes from God only comes through grace and faith. Those who are seeking it obtain light starting with God by their own efforts will never have God's peace. If they are seeking grace by trying to work out to receive it, they will not receive peace as a result. Grace is an enablement for you to receive peace from God. It's not working out to receive peace from God. Let's go to verse 4 which says, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and the Father. This is tearing. This is great. I want you to notice that Paul did not say Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the evil world to come. He said this, this present evil world. That means that our salvation is effectual in this life we are living in. Not just in the one to come. There are times people think that it's for the life to come. And, and this is out of the religion and tradition of men. When we received Christ, the focus was more heaven than where we are now. The focus was the wonderful things that will be in heaven. And I don't have a problem with that. It's true. We cannot even imagine what is waiting for us in heaven. But Paul is saying it's not just for heaven. Even today here in this world, it covers the school fees that you need and you are crying for and you are all that. It covers the healing that you, you so much need. It covers the rent that you so much require to pay and so many other areas. The wayward child that you want him back in line with a good normal living son or daughter. Buona sifiwe. Paul said he gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this evil world. That means that our salvation, again, like I said, it's effectual in this life. Buona asifiwe. It is God's will to deliver us from this present evil world. The Lord didn't save us from our sins so that we could be saved and stuck until we go to heaven. He made provision for our success in this life as well as the one to come. This verse makes it very clear that is God's will for us to prosper spirit, soul, and body. Psalms 35, 27. Let's look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, I marvel, this is Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel. Now, normally, in other letters, Paul would open his letters with thanksgiving, prayer, and praise for the saints within his situation, his salutation. You'll find that replicated in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 to 5, Philippians 1, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, Colossians chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, Thessalonians again, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, and I can go on and on and on and on up to now where we are, Galatians 
chapter 1. He quickly delivered a stinging curse against anyone who would dare to preach a gospel other than what Paul had preached. This no doubt shocked the Galatians and held their attention throughout the rest of the letter. The Greek word translated marvel in this verse is a Greek word that carries the idea of that which would evoke surprise, marvel. It is lettered in various translations as the phrase, I marvel, that is in King James. I am amazed, that is living Bible. I am astonished. You find that in New, New International Version. I am surprised at you. That one is in today's English version. All these are bringing out a situation where I didn't expect this. I not only didn't expect this, but it's surprising to me. And why it was surprising to Paul is not because they did it. Because he had seen that over and over again from people he had led to the Lord before. People who turn away from the path of righteousness. But here he says, it's how soon you've done it. It's too soon. It's because they did too soon and also because they were deserting God himself. When people remove themselves from the grace that is revealed in Christ, they remove themselves from God himself. Paul had experienced there other people do it. But these ones, it's too soon. Bonus, if you will. Paul used the word grace and gospel interchangeably in this verse. The grace of God is the gospel. You find that in Acts 20 verse 24. Without grace, there is no good news for sinful world. Two different Greek words were used. Galatians chapter in Galatian chapter 1 verse 6. The Greek word for another is heteros. Just stay with me. Just stay with me. The Greek word used there is hetelos, and it means another of a different kind, another of a different sort. And that's why you find in the international version, it translated that phrase as turning to a different gospel. The Greek adjective used here for another is alos, alos. And this word means another of the same kind. The first one is another of a different. This one is another of the same kind. So what you understand here is that the Galatians were not turning toward a gospel that is similar in nature to the one they had already received from Paul. They were turning to another totally different gospel, different from the one they had been presented to them. So Paul made it very clear in Romans chapter 11 verse 6 that we are either saved by grace or by works, but not by a combination of the two. So any gospel that combines works and law with grace for justification is not the same gospel. It's not the gospel one of, of the same kind with what Paul preached. It's a different gospel. In other words, Paul was saying that there is no room 
for additions or collection to the gospel of grace that he preached. It is perfect as presented. Any change perverts it. Any change changes the whole nature of the gospel. And it is no longer the same that you are given earlier. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, Which is not another. We are still talking about the gospel. Which is not another, but there being some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. I want us to notice that Paul said, There be some that trouble you. There be some, some people. There's some a group that troubles you. The New American Standard translates that verse as there are some disturbing you. New International Version says there are some throwing you into confusion. One would wonder, how was this happening? <laughs> how how was this happening? It happened by that perversion, the perversion of that gospel. Those people were disturbing them because they brought a different version of, of the gospel. The Galatians were perverting the gospel by observing special days, that is Sabbath, moon, seasons, and years. Another way they were perverting that gospel is by demanding circumcision along with belief in Christ for salvation, whereby you talk, you, yes, you can be saved, but you must be circumcised. That's perversion. That's perversion. Another third way that they were perverting the gospel is by thinking that part of their righteousness came through observing the law. That's perversion because the Bible says it's either grace or the law. You can't combine grace and the law for any reason to achieve salvation. And the fourth way that they were perverting is by believing that righteousness could be obtained by the strength and ability of their flesh. Yes, this is where you believe it's what you are doing that gets you to heaven. It's because of what you are doing. It's not because of, your, of what you are doing. If what we are doing is what takes us to heaven, then Jesus did need to come. did need to go to the cross and die on the cross. We would have achieved it without him. So if they had observed these things voluntarily, they would not have been guilty of perverting the, the gospel. But when they made the observance of these things mandatory in order to obtain righteousness, that is justification, the gospel was perverted. Today, most people don't observe these same issues like circumcision and all those things that are in the law. So they miss the comparison between what the Galatians were doing and what much, if not most, of Christians are doing today. The vehicle has to be shaded or has been shaded because the Galatians were talking of circumcision. Today, we may not be talking of circumcision, but the Christians of today are also attributing their, their works, bonus if you will. What they do, what they do, and you go to some churches, you realize you can't be buried because you don't pay your tithe. So you don't do this, you don't do this. You have to be written down in a certain book what you do. And that gives the person the impetus to believe that 
It's what he does that makes him be accepted before God. And that's what now I'm saying. As much as we may not be going through the same things, the Galatians, we do go through, through the same things in, in, in concept with the Galatians. So the vehicle has been changed, but people are still traveling the same load to the same destination. We could say prayer, fasting, going to church and all that and paying our tithe. Yes, I believe in all that. I do, I do, I do that. I believe in Jesus. And that is good, but it's not that which takes you to heaven. It's not that makes God um, um, turn his attention to you. <laughs> we do those things because of what God has done, but not for him to do for us what we need done. That one is a perversion of the gospel. We can do those things as emphasis of our love to God, our gratitude to God. Buana asifiwe, buana asifiwe. When these things are made mandatory, in order to receive righteousness and justification, it perverts the gospel. It perverts the gospel. Buana asifiwe. I want us to look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be cast. Now, Paul's cast in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8 to 9. It comprised the strongest statement he made in scripture against those who opposed his gospel. Some points of doctrine were negotiable. Yes, what I mean by that is that there are some points of doctrine that we can sit down and negotiate to disagree or agree. Someone, something like water baptism. You can tell me I, I, I don't want to be water baptized. You can tell me mine I want to be, to be sprinkled. You can tell me I don't want to be immersed. And especially not when I have a suit. <laughs> but there are areas of the doctrine that we can't negotiate. And that is the area of grace. It cannot be compromised. Grace cannot be compromised. Paul said that even if an angel appeared preaching any other gospel apart from the gospel of grace, he should be cast a curse. This left no room for anyone to preach something different. Here Paul was stressing the importance of preaching the true message of the gospel of Christ. If anyone tempers with the true message of the gospel of grace, Paul stated, let him be a cast. Now the Greek word for a cast here is anthema, anthem, anthema. And it means a person or thing doomed to destruction. In fact, the today's English version translates this as may he be condemned to hell. That's not light words coming from Paul. This statement will certainly be true of those who have turned away from the good news of Jesus and to another way of salvation. The counterparts for this word in the Hebrew mean to be appointed to utter destruction and to be completely destroyed. Wow, these words 
were used in Numbers, the book of Numbers 21, verse 3, to describe the children of Israel utterly destroying the Canaanites. And also, they are also used the same words, anthema, in Joshua chapter 6, verse 16 to 17, concerning the city of Jericho and its inhabitants being an accursed thing unto the Lord and appointed for utter destruction. These are the words that Paul used against any person who dare dilute or add to or remove from the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace. We do that in our service all the time. We highlight people's things, what they have done. We glorify them and make them think that as a result of what they are doing, it gains or gives them light studying with God. It doesn't. They should not stop doing it, but let them have an understanding of why they are doing it. They are doing it to appreciate who God is in their life, what God has done in their life. Let me give an example. This one will fit in very well. When I come to you and you've done something for me, and I give you a thousand shillings, that is appreciation. If I come to you and I want you to do something for me and I give you a thousand shillings, that is a bribe. Those are two different things. They are different as black is from white, as light is from darkness. And that is the area Paul is trying to explain. Bonus, if we let's go to verse 9. We can easily get stuck there. Verse 9 says, As we said before, so say I now, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. It's the same thing. He's making an emphasis. Here, just in case his hearers thought that it was a mistake, Paul repeats it again to make them understand it's not that I missed it last time. I meant it last time and I mean it now. Buona sifue. Buona asifue. Today it is not politically correct to be absolute about anything. Instead, phrases like I believe, it's possible. Probably, most likely, those are the verses that are used. But Paul was absolute. Buona sifue. Jesus was absolute. Jesus was not living in area of doubt. He would say, I am the way. You say, you must be saved. So that's what I wanted us to see for this. And also because of our time, because our time is far much spent. We will stop there. I'm so grateful for you that you are able to be with us up to this moment in Jesus' name. Thank you so much and God bless you. We'll see you next broadcast. Amen.